we've been quite good this week. It's only, what, a fortnight since we've done a podcast and we're doing another one, Ollie. Hello and welcome to this week's MCN Sport Podcast. I'm Simon Patterson, MCN's MotoGP reporter. I am joined, as always, by... Ollie Rushby, MCN's Superbike reporter. And this week we're going to talk about MCN's Rider of the Year. Yep, it's come round quick, to be honest. It, it seems that it was only yesterday that we were rewarding Cal Crutchlow with the 2016 Rider of the Year trophy. Yeah, and I don't really know where the season's gone since then. It's just sort of... No, it's been a pretty epic season as well, hasn't it? It has. I think that's that's part of the problem, isn't it? It's been... Not part of the problem, it's never a problem, but because we've had such good racing in pretty much all of the four or five championships that we covered between us, it's sort of gone quite quickly, hasn't it? It's gone really, really quickly, and um, we're now sat in, in the winter waiting for next year to come around as quick as possible, and hopefully next year will be just as good as this year as well. Anyway, so from the fantastic season of racing that we've had this year, um, early this year, around October time, we drew up a shortlist for Rider of the Year 2017. Um, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten names on that list. And from that list, we would then go on to create a, a short list of five or six names that will go to the public vote. So I'll just take you through the long list right now. Um, the top of it, of course, is Mark Marquez, the 2017 MotoGP World yeah. Champion. The man who pushed him all the way to Valencia is also on the list, Andrea De Vizioso. Um, I think that's well-deserved. As is three-time World Superbike champion Jonathan Ray. Sam Sunderland, who won the Dakar earlier this year. It, might, it may seem like a long time ago, but it's not it quite that long. It is a long time ago. It is. Back in it's January. 11 months ago. <laughs> became the first Brit in history to win the Dakar. Ian Hutchinson is also on the list for his two Isle of Man TT wins. As is Michael Dunlop and Peter Hickman. While he didn't win at the Isle of Man TT, he did get five consecutive podiums from five starts as well. So that was a very good a very good year for Peter Hickman. And then from the British Superbike paddock, we've got Shane Byrne, Leon Haslam and Josh Brooks all making the long list. So we sat down with our sports editor, Michael Guy, and kind of had a big debate. And it was a debate. There was a lot of arguments going on. There was. It got even got a little bit heated. Which yeah, is... it got quite heated as, yeah. we, as we tried to whittle down this list to five names. It turned out that we actually couldn't whittle it down to five names. And we've actually got six names to put to the public vote. That vote is going live on our website today. Check it out at www.motorcyclenews.com or on the at MCN Sport Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash motorcycle news mm, very good you remembered all that i know it's a good game we should probably say as well before we go any further that, that part of the reason i think that there's there's a real heated discussion about rider of the year every year is because of the history of it and how important it is and how you know it, it goes back to 1958 only two years after mcn started the first the first two years were both won by john surtees you look down the list of people especially the people that have won it multiple times and it's some of, well, it is the legends of the sport, really, isn't it? Surtees, Halewood, Dunlop, Sheen, Fogarty, Toesland, Rossi. Being added to that list is quite impressive, isn't it? It's, it's not everyone can get their name on there and ever is going to get their name on there. And the riders really do like getting the trophy as well. They really do yeah. like this award. It's, it always it always strikes me a little bit because, you know, we're just, we're just 
we're just doing something we love and you know and when we mcn rider of the year goes to vote all the riders tend to get behind it and when they get the trophy they're really really pleased about it i've had a few people ask me this year when the when the shortlist is coming out and stuff like that and it, it is actually quite a big thing to yeah, them it so, is. so it don't is. just think you're just a vote voting in some silly little award they like the trophy um I mean, there's there's one trophy that takes pride of place. There's the, the 2011 Man of the Year trophy got awarded to Marco Simoncelli. Yes, and, and it's it's in the uh, the corridor outside the media centre in Mugello, where they've got a little bit of a museum to him. You know, it's it's in there alongside his his first ever Grand Prix win, his first MotoGP podium. So it's you know it's interesting to see just just how well respected that it is. Ron Haslam won it a couple of times as well, and he's got the trophies and you, the, they got a post like a framed print as well at the time. Yeah, it does. And doesn't he's it? got those in his museum at the the. Has- Farm yeah. there at Donington Park. Yeah. So, ten names to start with. Ten names to start with. We We're down to six. Yeah, we wanted five, but yeah. we had to go for six. We'll explain that when we go through the shortlist during this podcast. Yeah. But it, it wasn't an easy task, was it, Simon? No, it wasn't. If I'd had my way, we would have had seven. And if you'd had your way, we would have had eight, I think. I mean, I was quite happy to put all <laughs> ten on it, to be honest. <laughs> and just let the pub, let everyone else deal with it. <laughs> and take it off our hands. Because yeah. all ten of those names there... I think I've had a fantastic season. Um, you know, you've only just got to look at it. So on Mark's, Mark Marquez is self-explanatory. Yeah. Davizioso, you know, incredible dark that? horse Who saw that coming? Jonathan Ray speaks for itself. Three yeah. times world champion, never done before. MBE, uh, sports personality nomination. Sam Sunderland, the first Brit ever to win Dakar. Ian Hutchinson, two Isle of Man TT wins. Michael Dunlop, two Isle of Man TT wins. One of them on a brand new Suzuki, yeah. completely unproven motorbike. Peter Hickman, five podiums in a week from five starts at the TT. That's that's phenomenal, yes, isn't it? it is. And then had a, a great performance at the Ulster Grand Prix. It didn't go as well as it could have done, but it could have gone. And a fairly decent British Superbike season. Yeah, finished fourth in the championship. It's his best ever British Superbike season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can't take anything away from Hickey. Shane Byrne, six times British Superbike champion this year. And it was a, a real tough fight for shaky because things really didn't go his way and he's not usually that good when things don't go his way if we're we're being completely brutal about it we'll come on to discuss that shortly leon haslam fantastic season kind of fell apart at the end but you know you've got to give it to him and that display of sportsmanship in in the final round of the year when with broken ankle he was carried onto the grid to congratulate shaky and then josh brooks maybe a little bit of an unsung hero from 2017 for me but he did finish second in the british superbike championship on a bike that Let's just say it wasn't quite to on the a quality. Bike that no one expected to finish on the podium. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Um so we'll start with the, the first name on the list. We haven't got these written down in a particular order. No, so I, I don't know why they're in the order they're in as such, but the top of the list we've got in front of us is Mark Marquez. Mark Marquez, of course, made it onto the, the list and, and, and why wouldn't he? Well he had to. His sixth sixth Grand Prix World Championship. Yeah. He is Fourth in five fourth, years in fourth the Premier in five class. Five years since he stepped up to Monobit GP. That is just incredible, you know. And when you listen to the way he's, some of the things he's spoken about since the season ended, this was possibly the hardest he's ever had. You know, he, he spoke halfway through the season. He spoke at the end of the year about how halfway through the season he was losing his hair. He couldn't sleep. He was so stressed. Nothing was going according to plan. He'd he'd fallen completely out of love with riding the bike. And then you know. For some people, that would have finished. That could have finished some people's careers, being in that place and not being able to get back from it. Mark just dug deep, fixed the bike, and then went and won the championship. I think he deserves to be on the man of the year list for that Valencia save alone. <laughs> but the Valencia save is one of about eight this year. You know, the 
cat-like reflexes. How many crashes was it this year? Game. 27 crashes and not an injury among them. Um, and, and probably 27 saves. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's as many as there were crashes whenever you look back at it. He really is something special. I know we've said this about other people in the past, but there's just there's something about the way he can physically ride a motorbike that I've never seen before. He's changed the game, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's changed... You, you only need to look at the way people like Valentino Rossi sit in the bike now compared to how they sat in the bike 10 years ago. He's changed everything about the sport. Maybe not in the same way that Rossi did, because Rossi changed it maybe from a PR point of view. But Marquez has definitely had more of an impact on the actual on-track action in MotoGP than anyone else I can remember. And that's got to give him a spot. Well, yeah, and you know, (laughs) even, let's say it was a tough or a bad season for him, he still won. Yeah, exactly. He still won it. Exactly. He wasn't, I think we said this last year as well, that, that, you know, Mark has been shown to have been a true quality rider because the last couple of years that the RCV hasn't been the best bike on the grid, but he's still overcome the bike's problems to, 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 to do well on it. Yeah, yeah, and... It's also worth remembering this year that while the championship did go down to the wire, and I know he only had to turn up basically at Valencia to win it, but he did also have an engine blow on him at Silverstone that probably cost him the chance to win the title maybe a couple of rounds earlier. Even. And there were a lot of shocked faces around the media centre when that happened. Hey, Honda's engines do not blow. Honda's no. Grand Prix engines the, do not blow. The last time we could figure out that an engine blew in a race was Nicky Hayden in 2007. It doesn't happen. You know? Unfortunately, Mark... We should say that foreign riders don't often win man, uh, Rider of the Year. They don't. Whenever you look down the list of winners, there's very, very few on it, actually. Um, Simoncelli, the year that unfortunately lost his life, he's on the list. Valentino Rossi, who is, you know, we always say every race is a home race for Valentino, so that's slightly different. Apart from that, there's not many. In fact, the last one, apart from Simoncelli, the last one on the list would have been Colin Edwards back the year that he won the World Superbike title in 2001. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you want to win it, Mark, you've kind of got to get behind it. Yeah. You've got, you've got several, <laughs> several million yeah, followers on Twitter. Let's see some tweets, mate. <laughs> so, you know, not saying anything, but you know, I know there's certain riders on this list that you'll you'll see will push quite hard for this trophy. Um <laughs> Next on the list, another one that is self-explanatory. You know, you, if it wasn't on there, you'd be asking questions. <laughs> and it's three times World Superbike champion Jonathan Ray. Yes, what absolutely. Year. Incredible year. Uh, utterly dominant. Absolutely. You know, the, there's no other World Superbike riders that even came into consideration to go on this list this year. Despite the fact that the top four in the championship are all Brits. None of them were even considered because Jonathan's performance this year was just incredible. He was in a class of his own. It was interesting, actually, because I was watching um, a show that Eurosport cut together with, with JR yes. uh, to celebrate the end of the season. And I actually forgot, because how, because how don, don, dominant Jonathan was towards the end of the year, earlier in the year, there were actually some really good World Superbike races. <laughs> Really, really, really good races yeah. that he had to fight for, and yeah, I kind of yeah, yeah. remember. I, I kind of found myself thinking back, saying, "Oh, wow! Actually, he, you know, he didn't just. It wasn't easy for no. him, and you know, there was Philip Island, for example. He was pushed to the line. Yeah. Same in Assen. You know, the typical sort of yeah, rounds the that you, you expect. Really, yeah. really expect. And yeah. then, of course, there was that great scrap in Mizano between uh, Ray Vandermark and Davies. Yeah. Vandermark crashed out. Ray and Davies were then 
yeah. hammer and tongs and then that disastrous crash happened in which Ray ended up riding over, over Davies. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there were some there were some awesome battles this year. Aragon. Aragon yes. to me was one of Jonathan's yes. best rides of the year because Aragon's Chaz Davies lap. It is. And Jonathan rocked up and put Chaz under so much pressure. He crashed out of the first race and almost handed it to Jonathan in the yeah. second. You, you you forget sometimes, I think, that because Jonathan can do those incredible start-to-finish performances where he just clears off and wins by 15 seconds and makes it a little effortless, that he was still bred in the British Superbike Championship. And if there's nothing else you learn from BSB, it's you, you learn how to scrap. Jonathan, he is more Jonathan than capable of uh, yeah. Case in point, World Superbike introduced a new rule this year to spice it up a little bit. It was a little bit crazy at the time, and I'm sure most people still don't really understand how it works, but it basically involves the riders that finish first, second, and third on the grid go back and start ninth, eighth, and seventh. Yeah. So, you know, think what you will of that, but Jonathan this didn't year... Didn't slow him down anything, did Jonathan it? would be starting ninth yeah. most of the time, or he, yeah. would be, he would be on that third in row. In the second race of the In the, the second weekend. race of yeah. the weekend, without a doubt. And... Three laps later, he was leading. Or he was in the it, fight for the lead. Some races, it only took him a lap to get to the front. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... And this well, is against the best superbike riders in the world. Some very good... You know, it's not as if the field's not there. You look at who he's passing, and... We're talking aggressive riders here. Yeah. We're talking Alec Close. Yeah. We're talking uh, Michael Vandermark. Yeah. We're talking before not people the you'd think of this year, Nicky Hayden, yes. former Grand Prix World. Not champion. people you think of as easy to pass. Most certainly not, no. and certainly not people that would just give it to yeah. him. Marco Melandri. Yeah. He's never a nice person <laughs> yeah. to pass. And and his teammate Tom Sykes, who's incredibly strong in the first half of races, always has been. You know, Jonathan. You, there aren't enough words to describe what Jonathan no, has not. done over the past few years. It, it It is incredible and you can't really take it away from yeah. him because three world titles on the bounce, nobody has ever done that yeah. before. Not even Carl Fogarty. <laughs> no, because Carl made that, that switch for Carl didn't work, did it? Jonathan has turned the switch into more success. Yeah, you know, and you know, you wouldn't bet against him doing it four times in a row next year either. No, I think it's he has to start the season as favourite, doesn't he? Uh, the next man on our list is another man that has done incredible things in a superbike this year, has broken all sorts of records, and he's really, really not going to like me saying this, but personally, Shane Burton's records this year, at the age he's doing them at, is quite incredible. It looks like there's no slowing him down. He's, uh, I don't know what his racing age is these days. It's always slightly different from shaky the real age, is Shaky is, no, you know, his, his, his actual <laughs> age is 41. He turned yeah. 41 last week. Right, okay. And by my reckoning, that makes him one of, if not the oldest racer still racing at that sort of level. Mm -hmm. You know, still winning weekend yeah. in, at a weekend top level. at a top, top yeah. level. And it's bloody incredible, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Because, you know, like you say, he this year didn't start well for him. Nope. It started concussion in the first round, bike problems, couldn't get the Ducati working the way they wanted... And normally he... Well, he didn't score in three out of the first four races. There you go. And normally, whenever he has starts to the years like that, he struggles a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Shaky... Um, Josh Brooks described this quite well to me going into the final round, and he said, Shaky's a threat when Shaky's on top. Yes. If Shaky's on top of something, if everything's going well, you'll never beat him. Mm -hmm. You'll never touch him because he's just... You just can't break him. Yeah. When Shaky gets down the dumps and is being beaten... 
that's usually a shaky that you can real stick a foot You can into. really make the most of it as another writer, as an opposition writer. But, you know, and even so, this year I would say, and I was talking to him about this the other day, from Thruxton to Assen, which I think a period spanning five or six rounds, yeah. it just did not work. No. All right, there was the odd podium in there. But between Brands Hatch, which was around seven in the summer, mm-hmm. and Brands Hatch GP, he didn't win another race. Yeah. He did not win. Which is incredible for Shaky. It's not what you expect. No, you do not expect that, and you don't expect it by the person that eventually becomes British champion. Yeah, exactly. This, British, this year's British Superbike Championship was just so up and down. I mean, going into the final round, both Shaky and Haslam had not scored in seven races. <laughs> no British Superbike champion has ever not scored in that many races. Yeah. So Shaky took another title there. Yeah. He's the, the British Superbike <laughs> champion with the highest number of non-scores in a season. I'm not sure he's too proud of that one, but... Ah, you'll be fine. But, you know, and... He went into the final round 33 points behind Leon Haslam. It was over. He thought it was over. His wife Petra was telling me that he'd already started planning for 2018. Like right. that was it. He just went to he went to Brands Hatch to to, know, finish to remind him that Shaky's still quick and <laughs> I'll I'll take three wins and all right I didn't win the championship this yeah. year but I'm still Shaky Burn. And he did that, but it kind <laughs> it of came with a title. came with a title and and as we've heard many 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 times. BSB titles don't come in the back of a box of Frosties. No, the <laughs> famous cheesy Shaky quote there. Um, so, Shaky's won Man of the Year before, hasn't he? He has. Uh, let me find my list of actual year-by-years. Wow, it's 2003 since Shaky has won Man of the back Year. Back when he won his first British back when he won his first on the Monster one. But he didn't think he'd still be winning titles 14 years later. No, no, exactly. With the same team on the same bike. And Effectively, I don't think Jonathan or Mark have been on won it before, have they? So no, they haven't. Okay, no, so they Sh- haven't. Shane's our first previous man of the year to, yeah. to make it onto the twenty seventeen list. I know the next bloke hasn't won one because to have this kind of rider on the list is, is actually quite unusual. It's a very very long time since we've had a, a non tarmac rider on the list, and in fact, I think the last time we had a non tarmac rider. Yeah, Ty Wiffenden, two years ago. So not that not So that it's not long, that long. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not that long. I was thinking of uh, actually Dave Thorpe back in 1986 when he won the motor. Yeah. But Sam's Dakar performance this year was, you know, it's been building. It's been coming for years. He's, he's been quick. He's been quick for a he's long He's always time. been quick. He's never been consistent. And I think he's, he's, he's ridden for, I think KTM is the second factory team he's ridden yeah, for. Yeah, he rode for Honda before that. Yeah. And he, he rode for Honda whenever that bike was still very much at the development stage. It was their, they'd just come back in and maybe both parts of the equation weren't quite ready to win races then. Uh, then he moved to the, the Red Bull KTM team and he certainly got faster. And obviously that takes care of certain problems with the team. And you know that that team are going to do Dakar right. They're on beating at Dakar in 20 years now. And then he broke his leg, didn't he? And then he broke his leg, yeah. And then that was sort of the... The trademark of Sam for a few years, it was fast, he was really, really fast, fast but, but he crashed or he had problems or he got lost. I think of a few tarmac riders like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but last year, it just clicked for him. It seemed like... I mean, it was a strange Dakar, wasn't it? It was not it easy. Was. No, it was avalanches, they had snow, they had some of the worst weather that yeah, Dakar has yeah, seen Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like years. stages cancelled halfway through the day because the roads washed away and all sorts of obstacles and challenges. And he, he just never seemed to, you know, it never phased him. 
there's other writers that, that especially with the lead that he'd built out there's other writers that that might have started to play into their heads of and it, you just never look back at it I know some people look at Dakar and say oh it's not what it used to be with the whole ride from, from Paris to Dakar yeah. but this ain't easy is it arguably it's harder now than it ever was um, the move to South America was not to make it easier or harder it was to escape Islamic terrorism essentially but you know, since well, especially the last few years, since uh, a bit of an I think we can call him an evil bastard in the form of Mark Coma, former race winner, has taken over as the man in charge of the stages. He has gone out of his way to make it torturous. You'd think that there's no one who knows exactly how far you can push it, quite like Mark Coma. So he's a good person to have in that position, but you know, it's just getting more and more technical and difficult and. Because it's not just about how fast you can go. It's about the navigation. It's about the, you know, it's just about little things like making sure you stay healthy for three weeks living I, out of a tent. I remember interviewing Sam at the London bike show earlier in the year. We yes. got him there. We got him there with, with MCN. And he was saying that the weight he lost and kind of the, the things he had to do to kind of, he said he, he was only getting a few hours sleep a night. Yeah. So it's, and this is a two week race. It's, mm. it's a grueling, grueling with, race. With maybe a thousand kilometres a day. It's, it's not, you wouldn't put yourself forward no, for it, put it that way. You know, um, I've just realised we should have added Sam to the MCN Ride 5000 Miles group this year. He's probably done that before the <laughs> year even started that, yeah. here. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's easy to forget Dakar because it does happen in January. Yeah. And we, we award Man of, uh, Rider of the Year, as it is now, mm-hmm. um, mid-January. Yes. So it's kind of a difficult one, isn't it? Because yeah. we'd probably given Cal Crutchlow the trophy last year after <laughs> Sam had won the Dakar. Yeah, but we had. We, you know, we we couldn't forget him, and we have put him in because he is the first Brit of all time to win the Dakar. Mm-hmm. We're not just talking the South American Dakar. No. We are talking Dakar Rally. Yeah, from day one, and you know, I think that shows this year because he has been nominated um, for the Torrance Trophy. Yes, he which has, which is uh, a prestigious award um, awarded by the Royal Automobile yeah. Club. Um, it's, it's only a slightly awarded... posher version of this that they don't award every year. Yeah, and you get to go to a nice dinner. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> And MCN don't quite have the budget of the Royal Automobile Club with their headquarters in Pall Mall. No, we don't. <laughs> we're, um, we're in an industrial state in Peterborough. But, you know, and, and, and the, the Tarnish Trophy is awarded most years, yeah. uh, but only when the, the judges see it fit to yes. award it to someone. And Sam is on the shortlist for that yeah, this year, yes. alongside Jonathan Ray, who I would say is the favourite, yeah, and B.S. Beasley on Haslam. Yes. Um, we go on to the fourth name on the list, and yeah. we're moving into road racing. And Fifth name. I can't Good count. Good lap scoring here, yep, isn't it? Yep. Never okay. give Ollie a pit board. Okay, I, feel, oh, well, I, I was just thinking that usually we usually have five days, but we yeah, have gone up yeah. to six in a minute, we and have. we will explain that in a second. Um, but the first, the fifth name on the list is Ian Hutchinson. It is. Two TT wins this year. Um, his first superbike win since he's come back from, from breaking that leg, nearly yeah. losing the leg, breaking the leg twice. Since the last time he won MCN Man of the Year, 2010. Yeah, and... So yeah, his it, it's taken him seven years to get back on the top yeah. step of the superbike podium, and boy did he want that. <laughs> he, he got into Park Ferme, and the first thing he said to uh, the Manx Radio commentator was, "Thank God for that," because <laughs> all he's wanted, he's won Superstock and he's, well, he, he blocked out Supersport and Superstock in yeah. in fifteen and sixteen, won all of the races, but just got beaten in the um, superbike and senior yeah. races by either Bruce Anstey, Michael Dunlop, or John McGuinness, yes. of course, in 2015. 
Yeah. And there's no one in racing as hungry as Ian Hutchinson. No. I've no. never met anyone quite like him whenever it comes to passion and hunger and just the ability. You know, he, he's doing it again at the minute. He's working through the pain barrier again to try and come back from another horrible injury. You know, we kind of need to look what he did. So he won that superbike race, an incredible race. He was even struggling with it. I mean, the first two laps, he said he just couldn't get the feeling right. I remember him coming into the pits and standing and watching in the pits, and he was adjusting his own suspension. <laughs> I mean, normally when a, when a top-level TT rider comes into the pits, you see them, you know... Yeah. The, someone changing their visor for them they take a drink and the, the, you, you can see that they're, they're, they're focused they're looking down the road they're thinking right when can I go when can mm-hmm. I go Hutchie's off the bike twiddling the bloody spanners <laughs> making adjustments to his own suspension <laughs> I mean you know credit to that and it, it, it won him the race yes of course absolutely dominant in the Superstock race once yeah. again third year in a row yeah. um, beating Peter Hickman there I think it was by 20 seconds yeah, as well so it, it wasn't close Hickey, no. Hickey pushed him early in the race yeah. but, but Hutchie had it once again um, Supersport race he didn't win that this year he's the first one in four that he hasn't won mm-hmm. um, it was damp he had a massive moment yeah. at Hilbury so he kind of thought I've broken too many legs to, <laughs> to push yeah. on here you can have this one sunshine yeah. Um, but I bet you he'd have come out fighting in the second one had it not been cancelled due to weather. Absolutely. And then, of course, the first few laps of the senior TT this year, Hutchinson was leading from the from the get-go. Hickman was pushing him hard. Yeah, he was. But unfortunately, it ended in tears with a crash at the 27th milestone. Yeah. And that's what we're now talking about, Hutchie recovering from another mm-hmm. broken leg. But he is determined to be back for next year. He's just signed a contract with Honda. I mean, that in itself yeah. is almost worthy of being on this exactly. list. Exactly. You know, exactly. Breaking his leg for the third time in. I mean, so. And we're not talking about a small crack, a cast for six weeks, no, no, no. and you're fine again. Well, we're he, talking about major life changing injuries. He broke his. So it was the left leg. It's the same mm-hmm. leg he's had all the trouble with. He broke the femur. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy to say when I sat down with him at, at Silverstone this year, he said, oh, the femur was simple. Yes. A broken femur is yeah. not simple. <laughs> No, it's about uh, the worst bone. It's about the hardest bone in the body to break because it's so strong, and it's, and it's not an easy one bone of the to worst heal. bones yeah. to break. But the problem was he, he shattered his ankle, yeah. and his ankle was already in a lot of disarray. Yeah. And to kind of work on that, they had to break his tib and fib, yeah. which he'd already broken twice a few <laughs> years ago, which is why you'll see him with that massive cage on his leg. Yeah. And he explained how that works, and that basically stretches his leg, yeah. and he has to turn little notches on it with an Allen key or whatever he does, mm-hmm. and he is stretching his own leg (laughs) several millimeters at a time it's not a pleasant thing to talk about is it i know that uh because obviously don mcginnis has one similar on at the minute and uh sam neat one of shaky's mechanics is sort of in charge of it and it turns sam's stomach there's there's photos regularly appear on social media of sam trying to tighten it with his eyes closed (laughs) it's making me queasy even just thinking about it uh hutchie was i believe Third in last year's Rider of the Year. Yeah, um, I think Behind so. Cal Crutchlow and Jonathan Ray. Yeah. Um, but he did push Jonathan Ray really hard for second place. He did, didn't he? He was, he was a, a, yeah, a strong, quite strong on the list. That. He did. That brings us to the sixth and final name on the Rider of the Year 2017 shortlist. And the reason that we've got six and not five this year is probably because that second Supersport race at the TT was cancelled. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but it is a second roads rider and it is Michael Dunlop. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the TT is the biggest road race of the year. There's two big races at it, really, if you yeah. look at it that way. The Superbike and the Senior. Yeah. And the others, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easier to win them, but they're, no. s- they're less laps, four laps instead of yes. six. Um, 
and you know you're not pushing a 220 horsepower yeah, plus bike slower. around the course. Yeah. It's not easy, but all the kudos is for the, for yeah, the super bike race. Um, and Michael won the senior race. Yeah, and he won the super the first super sport yeah. race in those dodgy conditions. Yeah. which fair. splitting this year's wins in the four. Four of the five most prestigious races with the second super sport race not going with Hutchie. There's two and two between yeah. Michael and Hutchie, and that's we couldn't decide which one of them to put on basically. Um, so this year we, we we have put both of them on because they both won two races. Yeah. And, and Michael's achievement in the senior was was simply unbelievable, really, to come back out after changing the shock after Hutchie's red flag yeah. and just absolutely pulverise everybody. Yeah, on a bike that was brand new, barely developed. Run by quite a small team. I'd go as far to say as the rider won that race, not the bike. Yeah, arguably, yeah. I mean, obviously the bike the bike needed to do something underneath mm-hmm. him, but, you know, the GSX-R is a very good motorbike, yeah. and it's impressed in stock trim on the short circuit Absolutely, this year. Yeah. It's been slightly more difficult in superbike trim in BSB, but that's the only place we've really seen it, although yeah. it did win races, and the championship, actually, with Tony Elias in, yeah, in, America. in America. But Michael... I mean, he went to the Ulster Grand Prix and he really struggled with the bike yes. and he was really unhappy with the bike there. So I think to say the bike won at the TT was quite remarkable, especially considering the engine absolutely destroyed itself while he was leading. <laughs> we can't forget that. Of he course. was leading yeah. the Superbike race the as well. Race. So I think Michael does deserve his place oh, on absolutely. that list. Without um, a shadow of a doubt. I mean, personally, I wanted Peter Hickman on there as well, but we we can. Well, we can I wanted Andrea Davizioso on there. We can only we can only <laughs> go so far. There was also strong arguments made for Leon Haslam. You know, so but, yeah, we did nearly end up with it with an even bigger list. <laughs> yeah, we did. But we have kept the short list short rather than going with the long list. Yeah, as it you know, it's tradition and there are yeah. rules, and we might get frowned at by our bosses if we if we just <laughs> left it as the long list and said, "There you go, people, you decide." And it it always whenever you put a vote out like that with so many options on it, it just make it almost devalues it a little bit as well, doesn't it? Because it the does. votes are spread out so much. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you want to keep it short and snappy. You know, it's it, so. To I'm vote looking f- forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah, I mean. Who would you say the favourite is? I think I think it's got to be Jonathan. I think Ray. it's got to be Jonathan. I think it's got to be Jonathan. Uh, everyone on the list deserves to be on there. Yeah. Everyone on the list has had incredible achievements over the last year, but I think what Jonathan has done, coming as the third in a bounce, and possibly the fact that he didn't win it last year to Cal Crutchlow, all works in his favour. Yeah, I think I think Jonathan's got to be in a, a pretty good position there. Mm-hmm. Of course, he got the BBC Sports Personality Year of the nomination yeah. and and was also given an MBE this year yeah. which yeah uh, an MBE you know quick visit to Buckingham Palace as remarkable. you do yeah you know he's a remarkable ambassador for the sport he as is. well really and he you know, that's that's a conversation I've been having with a lot of people recently about sports personality because like the, the thing is Jonathan's got our sport into a position where we can shout about it in the public eye Absolutely. again. And that, you know, the last person to be nominated nominated for sports personality was James Toslan back in 2007. Yeah. Um I assume Toslan won Rider of the Year that year. He as did well. indeed, yes. So it's it is it is. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, so that shortlist once again. We've got MotoGP World Champion Mark Marquez won his sixth world title this year. Three-time World Superbike Champion Jonathan Ray. No one's ever achieved that three times World Superbike Champion back to back. Shane Byrne, six-time British Superbike Champion at the age of forty-one. Sam Sunderland, the first Brit ever to win the Dakar Rally. 
Ian Hutchinson, two Isle of Man TT wins to take him to the, the status of the third most successful solo rider around the mountain course. And Michael Dunlop, two TT wins again, one of which on a completely unproven, brand new Suzuki GSX-R 1000. Where do we vote, Simon? All voting online at MotorcycleNews.com. We'll be pushing out links to vote on all our social media over the next few weeks, as long as, as well as some articles looking back at the season, looking back at what these six guys have done this year. And I honestly don't know when voting closes. 31st of January. There you go, 31st of January. I'm glad someone's paying attention. Yeah, so there's, there's a long time to vote, so you can yeah. even campaign for the yeah. people that you want Fire to win some as tweets. Well. Let us know who you voted for as well. Fire us some tweets and let us know. The trophy will be awarded. We like to depends we who like, wins. We like to try and award the trophy at the MCN show. Yes, we do. We, Mark Marquez will be out testing in yeah. Thailand. I think Jonathan Ray will be testing in Phillip Island. Yeah. So it might be that that the trophy goes on a plane to them and we get yeah, a video, which link we did them. last year. Yeah, we do. Some I things. took it to Phillip Island last year for the test there for Crutchlow. Well, let's go back to 2010 when Ian Hutchinson won the, the Man of the Year. Yeah. Um, followed by Marco Simoncelli, posthumously won it in 2011. Um, Tom Sykes won it in 2012. Yeah, the... Narrowly missing out on the World Superbike Championship yeah, to Max Biaggi by half a point that by year. half a point. Uh, Ty Wuffenden won it for his Speedway World Championship in 2013. Both of them. And then 14. Yeah, he did. Twice in a row. That's not happened very often. Uh, Valentino Rossi, 2008, 2009 for those yep. two titles. It wasn't time. awarded in 2015. Whoever was here then was clearly asleep. That was me. Um, Simon, <laughs> Simon was clearly asleep then. And then last year it went to Cal Crutchlow. It did indeed. So who will join that prestigious list this year out of Mark Marquez, Jonathan Ray, Shane Byrne, Sam Sunderland... Ian Hutchinson and Michael Dunlop. Vote now. I'm going to say it's going to be the first Northern Irishman since Joey Dunlop in 2000, but I'm a little bit biased, aren't I? You can't. Well, you can't go and put any money on that because you do know <laughs> that you know there's there's laws around that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if I'd get a bookie to take odds on MCN Man of the Year. Maybe it's worth a look. Well, I'm, I'm sure someone out there could, but we <laughs> most certainly couldn't because Absolutely. we are we are too involved. <laughs> um, it's been a fantastic year. I think this it will has. be our last podcast of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to go home for Christmas or my family might disown me. Your favourite moment of the year? Favourite moment of the year? Easy. I can give you an easy answer to this. Andrea Davizioso's overtake on the last lap at Turn 11 of the Japanese Grand Prix on Marc Marquez in torrential rain is the finest overtake I've ever seen, given the conditions. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. You? See, it's not as easy for me because I cover quite a few race series where you know you're you're out co co covering the Grand Prix. You've yeah, got, I like you've to got, think I watch quite a few race series. Mo too, Moto though. GP, Moto Two, and Moto Three. Yeah, well, if you came up with a moment of the year that wasn't in Moto GP, it'd be a little <laughs> bit. Um, do you know what? I'm going to say, and because it had me on the edge of my seat to the point where I almost couldn't watch the feature race at this year's Northwest 200 between Glen Owen and Master Sealy. Yeah. Fair point. Um, you know, it's, it's it's not often that a race I'm looking at it thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, I've seen quite a few and, and that was, it was phenomenal. And the way Irwin won that was 
was absolutely fantastic, especially when Seeley got his rear wheel, <laughs> rear wheel in a puddle at over 200 yep. miles an hour and was out of the seat and managed to just drive it forward Aww. and get away with it. It was almost like, close your eyes, you don't want to see what's going to happen here. Um, other moments of the year for me, uh, Ass and BSB race two. Yep. There, was one, there was one lap where uh, Gintoli, Ellison, Haslam, Burn and I think maybe someone else, maybe Bradley Ray, were all breaking for the first turn, and they were all on, like looking for the same piece of tarmac <laughs> at the same time. Um, but you know, just the thing with BSB is you you, you often get things yeah, like that. I mean, the emotional scenes. I mean, I remember being stood um, on the platform in the media centre, looking out on the grid when when Haslam Haslam's medical car was pulled in just below yes. me, and the guys were carried. I was like, what are they doing? And like, the, that was that. Oh, it brought a tear to your eye. That did because it was like. It's, it's hardcore racer stuff that and you know you look at pictures and Haslam's ankle was like a bag of golf balls <laughs> so it was that was quite remarkable and and, and it was an honour to, to witness really um, it's been an honour to, to write about the 2017 racing season it's really pretty good it's, year. it's been, been pretty there's been good some year. pretty awesome things yeah. happen um, you know the three champions of our, our main major race series that we cover in MCN Mark Marquez Jonathan Ray and Shane Byrne Truly remarkable, really. Yes. And let's not forget, let's not forget the champions in the support classes exactly. either. Um, I know the British Supersport Championship was was incredibly exciting this year, um, especially after Tara McKenzie, who won the first six races of the year, <laughs> cleared off, off to T. But he, he won so many races before he cleared off. I think he stayed in top of the championship for another three or four <laughs> rounds. Um, and then and then Keith Farmer, who eventually won it after when I mean, he could have won it with three rounds to go, but kept making mistakes. Yeah, he made it it was like, Keith, what are you doing? Um, other other highlights of the year. I mean, um, Franco Morbidelli. In Moto Two, that was an incredible performance. Awesome season from Franco. I just the sort of performance that comes along once in a decade from Jan Mir in Moto Three. He I mean, looks it, like the real like deal. We, we've, we've got to give, we've got to commend these people because unfortunately, it's, it's only the big stars that make it onto yeah. the the Rider of the Year list. But there's so many riders out there that that really do deserve a pat on the back. And like Absolutely. you say, Jan Mir to dominate in Moto Three. I mean, it's hard to win. It's hard to finish <laughs> the top ten in Moto Three. Yeah. And if you're even if you're you know a top level, yeah, very good absolutely. Grand Prix rider, so you know to to absolutely dominate the series was brilliant. On the roads again, you know Dean Harrison. Did yeah. we not mention Dean Harrison, fastest road racer in the world after creating setting the new lap record at the Ulster Grand Prix? Absolutely. Again, another impressive year at the TT. He's another rising star to watch out for. Um, we mentioned Shaky being old and racing at the top level. I do know one racer that's a lot older than Shaky and still winning races. And Michael he, Rudder. I wasn't actually going to go with Michael Rudder, oh. but you can you can shout about. Oh, Michael it's got to be Rudder. He, he did win his first petrol-powered TT since 1998 this year with victory in the lightweight <laughs> race. I guess people that weren't born in but 1998. I, I was thinking about someone who's older than both Shaky and Michael, and that's Bruce Anstey, who <laughs> yeah. you know, continued his run of winning a major road race every year with victory in the Ulster Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely stunning things, you know, especially this year, because you kind of looked at Bruce, and Bruce has had such a mediocre year, yes. and it's like, oh, He's probably getting a bit old now. <laughs> yeah, watch this. Did <laughs> oh, uh, you, you just call me old? I just treat all these people around the fastest road yeah, circuit in the world. So, you know, you can't say that. What an incredible year of motorbike racing. Absolutely. And, and on that note, we'll talk to you all next year. Yeah, we well, can't wait for next year. Don't forget, vote for uh, MCN's Rider of the Year at www.motorcyclenews.com forward slash sport. Cheers. <laughs>